On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, I don't mean to um, completely pull the shutters down on anybody's summer, even if the weather has kind of already done so. But uh, within the next two weeks, it's going to be back to school time. Uh, Skids are going back to school probably the middle of the week after next. This coming Friday is leaving cert results day. Ten days from now will be CAO first round offers. So it might be an opportunity uh, to take just take stock of where we are in the education system at the moment, whether it be in trying to find um, new teachers to take up some jobs in Dublin, which is becoming very, very difficult at the moment whether it's in Leaving Cert Reform or whether it's simply in the state of the CAO race to come. So we're joined by Aona Reardon, who's the Labour Party spokesperson on education, by Jack McGinn, uh, who's a student who's going into sixth year, former officer with the Irish Second Level Students Union. He's been working as a central stakeholder with the department on Leaving Cert issues for the last couple of years. Uh, by Brian Mooney, who is Irish Times education columnist and a career guidance counsellor. And Brian, I might start with yourself first. Um, Obviously, CAO results coming out in, in 10 days' time and the Leaving Cert results this coming Friday. What are we likely to see by way of the, the points race and whether it'll be any better or worse than in previous years? The first thing that will determine what points are going to be required for courses is the level of Leaving Cert grades in 2023. The Minister has obviously decided that we are going to have to reduce down from the um, higher grades that were awarded in 2021 and 2022 and she has referred to a glide path back to 2019 levels. We don't yet know the exact, exact extent of that glide path, and therefore we won't know exactly how high or low the grades are going to be this Friday. That will be a key determinant factor. The second key determinant factor are the additional places that Minister Harris has awarded um, to the system. There are about a 1,000 places which he actually put into the system last year, which were long-term places. And there are an extra about six to 800 places that he's putting in this year. Obviously, every additional place will bring the points down for that specific course. So until we actually see, one, the grades awarded on Friday, and two, the actual additional places that were in the system on Wednesday week, we won't know exactly the level of points that will be required for each course. Uh, given your experience in the, the second level sector, people remember you as a long-time uh, commentator as a guidance counsellor from Oaklands College uh, outside the Lorgan. Um, do you have any even insight or any guesstimate as to how exactly you begin to deflate grades from previous years? Because I thought I remembered a lot of the discussion after the uh, the calculated grades and some of the inflation that followed that this was sort of being accepted at the time as a new permanent feature. So if Norma Foley wants to sort of de-escalate all of that, do you even have any instinct as to how you go about doing it? Well, what's actually occurring at the moment is that the papers have been corrected in the way they always would have been, as they were last year, and then they are increased, as in 2022, they were increased to the level of the 21 grades. The the $64,000 question, which I have been trying to get an answer for for the last two months and can't, is exactly what is the percentage. In the UK, they decided they were going to go pretty much back to 2019 in one fell swoop. Here in Ireland, we've decided we're going to do it over a three- to four-year period. But the, the, the canary in the, in the coal mine here is that 12,000 of those who will get offers and will accept places on Wednesday week are students holding 20 and 20, sorry, 21 and 22 places. That is 19 or 2021 or 2022. And those students have the higher points. So every single percentage that we bring down the 23 grades is going to adversely affect those students in relation to 21 and 22 two students. Mm. And that's the crux of the issue. To do it over two years, three years, four years, no matter how long you take, every percentage point drop is advantaging those students from previous years. 
So it's a really political tricky one, but we'll see how it plays out on Friday. Well, let me bring in Aon Arirdon, the Labour Party education spokesman on that. Aon, one reason why, why I thought this was going to be a permanent feature is because, as Brian has alluded to, so many cases, of, uh, places in college courses have either been pre-accepted and put on hold by people who've got last year's inflated points or you have people who got their inflated points last year who didn't participate in the CAO and are now going in this time and who have an, a natural advantage because of the, the inflated grades. So do you have any instinct as to how you go about returning to normal? I don't really. I mean, to, to be honest, it was never going to be an easy solution for for the Department of Education. What they had to grapple with was a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic and all of the norms that we know about how uh, the the Leaving Cert uh, exam system was thrown completely in the air. And they're, they're still trying to recover from that. Um, so I can appreciate that there's going to be you know, issues within within the recalibration of the system and that somebody's, some cohort of students are going to be disadvantaged as a result. What I'm probably more interested in is, is trying to find a mechanism that they're leaving certain, in this moment of time, reflecting on COVID and how we manage things over the last number of years, how we can take some of those learnings into, into the next period. And we seem to go year to year with just an acceptance of how the system should be and not really grab this historic opportunity, as I described it a number of years ago, to, to radically overhaul how we do things, how we change this race, how we empower students, how we change the education system. Because I think we had a, an opportunity when teachers were grading their own students. I know they were very reluctant to do so, mm-hmm. but I think we had a, a mechanism there for change uh, and also to maybe overhaul the Leaving Cert, which a lot of people have a huge respect for and appreciate uh, the level of transparency that is that, that is there with the Leaving Cert. However, you know, it, it does feel like an antiquated uh, yeah. but, system. But, but if it didn't happen in 2020 uh, or 21, if it didn't happen yeah. then and the nettle wasn't grasped then and the opportunity wasn't taken, it's never going to happen, is it? Well, there, there was a commitment for a Citizens Assembly on, on, on education and I know you know the citizens assembly is it, it it feels now like a tired a tired model for for every thorny issue to be thrown into but i was excited about that perspective and that uh, that, that citizens assembly that we could actually have a root and branch look at our education system the way that we 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 constructed how how our, our school systems are managed the patron issue etc uh, and certainly what we examine and how we examine it um was i think going to be key to that because a lot of the hearings we've had at the education committee have been from students who have expressed a huge amount of dissatisfaction with the with the you know the mental health strain on uh, on, on doing this leaving cert as it was 30 years ago i've asked senior officials in the department of education are is this exam effectively what it was like when i did it in 1994 they have said yes now there are there have been changes in individual subjects things have have moved along but not in the type of way or type of fashion mm-hmm. that i think we would all like to see and I know that the teacher unions are extremely resistant to any um, formula that would have them involved in the marking of their own students' work. Which um, you can understand, I to, surely. I can absolutely understand that. And somebody who's a member of the Labour Party, I completely understand where trade unions are coming from. But at the same time, I don't think that is a sustainable position. And I think we're going to have to have learnings from, from what happened in COVID, taking it into the future and allowing professional teachers to be professional when dealing with you know the the constant overseeing of their of their students' work and and mm. and having trust in the system because having s- such an exam and I know Jack will speak to this now in a second yeah everything uh, piled in on the last number of uh, of weeks of your uh, of senior cycle 
still only plays to the to the uh, if you like the skill set of of a, of a proportion of students and not to those maybe who have skills in other ways uh, and i think that opportunity really needs to be to be returned to well let, let me bring in jack mcginn jack mcginn is a, a organ a member of the irish secondary students union he's been spoken to us before and uh, jack is is going into sixth year this year uh, jack we'll talk about whether whether you feel like you would have been prepared in a moment to take papers at the end of fifth year we'll get to that in a second but what do you make of uh, aeon's contention there that eventually at some point we're going to have to bite the bullet and there will be some degree of students being marked by their own teachers as part of the whole leaving cert grading yeah definitely Gavin and I know from the last three years working with at quite a high level within the department as a stakeholder it's something that's brought up quite a lot this idea of teachers assessing their own students but I think a common misconception is it doesn't happen in the system anywhere else where it does happen quite frequently especially at junior cycle now with your CBAs your classroom based assessments so I definitely think there's a lot to explore there going to senior cycle that it seems very possible but even going back to the CIO itself, we can talk about reforming the, um, the leaving cert or senior site reform as it's called. It's the, the kind of buzzword at the moment. Mm. But the key issue is it is the CIO. It's that, as Aon referred to it, that rat race. You're never going to really solve the solution unless you look at the CIO. And I think as well, there's not a lot of criticism put on universities that, you know, create the system, are quite happy to use it. And you'll often see university bosses come on, come on the air, come on the, into newspapers and criticise government and criticise the minister when their system is causing undue pressure on students. And if you look at this, there, there's going to be next Friday, students up and down the country are going to get their results. Mm. But then you're going to have a five, a, quite a nerve-wracking five days you know, on what way the points are going to go. Are they going to continue to fall and at what rate? So what would you like universities to do then, to have a more UCAS-style thing where you basically know in advance whether you're going to get in as long as you get the grade rather than waiting for an offer a few days after? I definitely think so. But you, we need to look at, apart from what students can achieve on a terminal examination with a narrow set of areas that are examined, we really need to look at what students can achieve on a kind of more extra and accessible end system like a, with a wide a range of criteria, such as like your aptitude and your potential, and that a system's actually designed to support students in finding their best fit options for further education and career paths, because it currently okay. doesn't. Now, some universities have actually put in programs like that, so maybe looking at UCC's Nurturing by Futures program, that does try and help students without re- meaningful reforms, the whole system is not going to change. Okay. Uh, Brian Mooney uh, of the Irish Times, you were trying to get back in there a moment ago. Yeah, I just want to say, I I actually would stand in defense of the Leaving Cert. If you actually look at it, we've had, um, during the week, reports relating to the virtual collapse of what we call third language um, study in the UK. Yeah. They, they literally don't study any languages other than English anymore. And yet, within our Leaving Cert, students are doing three languages, which is absolutely fantastic in terms of mental development. Yeah. And obviously also in relation to the assessment processes, if you look at every Leaving Cert subject that has actually been um, revised in the last number of years, you will find that the amount of grades that are actually in the terminal exam has decreased significantly. For instance, in Irish, 40% of the marks go in oral. In the PE curriculum, 50% of the marks are, are in for previous work. And if you look right across all of the other subjects, you'll find that it's almost like a minimum of 20% for project work, etc., so that move away, as Aon is calling for, is actually happening subject by subject in the leading search. 
I would really, you know, and I'm not saying this in any part of political sense, but I really feel that the current Leaving Cert has moved radically to address the kind of needs that Jack was talking about there. Ultimately, at the end of the day, when students move to third level, there is a requirement to very, very quickly move to a self-motivation, self-management level, which is not part of the Irish education system, really, at second level. But by and large, I think CERT is quite robust. Um, Jack, can I go back to you about the prospect of uh, something which was touted by Norma Foley, the idea of having some exams issued as part of the Leaving Cert at the end of fifth year. Now, I know that this is a very uh, theoretical question because you weren't taught, you weren't taught under a curriculum that would enable you to do that. But how would you have felt about the idea of the summer just gone, where you've still got a year left in second level, the idea of having effectively some parts of your Leaving Cert done and dusted already? Yeah, um, Gavin, it was actually a huge issue at the time. I know it's something maybe as a stakeholder at the time I would have engaged with and a few other stakeholders would have engaged with. But there, like, there's a, so many issues to this proposal. And while the proposal is in good faith, it's to alleviate that pressure in terms of those terminal examinations at the end of sixth year. It does create its own issues. And for a moment, I would think back to the maths paper one issue at this, the, earlier in this year, just a few months ago, and I know it nearly brought the country into kind of a national crisis mm. at the time. It was the only thing people were talking about. Imagine you were in fifth year and you had a paper one exam and you sat it and it, it had the kind of same difficulty or ter, ter, kind of threw the same curveball as the math paper one did to higher level students this year. And imagine then you had to wait the whole summer, your full academic sixth year, and then another whole summer to receive the results of that paper. You would have students dropping, dropping to ordinary level the pressure you have mm. waiting for this result, you are how you actually did, would be enormous. Another thing that we definitely start to see is this kind of idea of an academic TY. And even last year, we saw that schools started teaching the English and Irish courses at a kind of faster rate than usual in TY, because there was the possibility that there'd be paper on examinations. And I don't think we should be introducing that to TY. It should be ring fence because obviously benefit to you I guess that it isn't that academic centred year mm. is enormous um, another thing is you I think you have to think about the SEC as you know for the last three years there's been major issues with the SEC recruiting examiners yeah. to you know examination and run yeah. the exams if you want to throw in another set of examinations to run simultaneously there was also an operations side of it that didn't make sense and we couldn't see a clear plan but I think for students if you're sitting, I don't think students would be prepared to sit a copy and paste terminal examination from sixth year at the end of fifth year. Yeah. After only one year, I don't think you'd have that skill set and that toolbox mm. ready to attack a leaving certificate examination. Yeah. Well, of course, it, w- it would have been contingent on changing the manner in which the curriculum was delivered so that you would have all that expertise at your disposal, ideally by the end of fifth year. Um, Aon Arreda, before we move on to primary issues, where does that stand now? Because we did have Norma Foley backtracking from the idea of having some terminal exams at the end of fifth year. But do we know what stands by the way of replacement? Oh, I think it's dead. But I mean, in fairness to the minister, and I do like to be fair to her, look, when people are, ca- are calling out for change in the leaving search, she reacted to that change and she made a proposal. Now, it didn't get as far as she would have liked, but I, I thought there was <clears throat> a level of merit to the proposal. Um, at least there was some thinking going on. Uh, I can understand what Jack is saying as how it would have been difficult to, uh, to organise it. Uh, but I would like to just make 
one comment about the about the, the correlation between the leaving cert and the CEO, and uh, and Jack has made this point very well. Mm. I mean, there are any amount of students who would successfully, you know, uh, navigate <laughs> their way through third level uh, courses who just can't get into the course in the first place because of the leaving cert, and it, that you know, and we will see the results of that during the um, in the coming years when students who. May, may previously have not have had the ambition to get into certain high points courses successfully getting through them no problem uh, perfectly within their skill set but it was the leaving search uh, barrier which was the cause uh, and so the the points raised the ceo and what universities are doing those barriers are being put up to get them into these courses in the first place is is this huge barrier and i know i have one particular book bearing it it does relate to primary teaching is that the only um, the only subject you need higher level qualification in, if you like, for, for leaving search mm. uh, to become a primary school teacher is the Irish language. You don't need higher level uh, English. You don't need higher level maths. And that is a barrier for, for people who could be excellent primary school teachers and, you know, gain that Irish language capability over the course of the uh, of the number of years uh, trained to be a teacher. Okay. It's something that it, it, it's a classic example of, of where the system needs to change All and right. where... The, the third level institutions need to change. All right, just before I go back to primary issues then, uh, Brian Mooney, just to get your thoughts on that because obviously you, you are um, a second level guidance counsellor and a long-standing one. Just your, your thoughts on whether um, the college universe is, is rightly structured to try and encompass people who don't necessarily have academic skills? Well, can, can I also give you something in relation to that? I chair um, a number of further education boards and we see students coming in every year who may not have done well across the seven subject leaving cert, but they are really good in their own subject area. And as Aon was saying there, these students come in to do a one-year further education PLC. They could have, say, 350 points on their leaving cert. They do their one year, whether it's pre-science, pre-law, pre-business, whatever it is, they do very well. They get their eight distinctions. They are really good in their own subject area. And they go straight into the CEO system in the round of offers, which happens at the beginning of August, and they fly in college. So, yes, Aon is saying these students are stymied in getting into the system at leaving cert level. But 12 months later, if they're good in the subject area, they actually excel. And I have seen examples of that every single year as chair of a number of boards where you see students coming in and they get that offer of science in UCD or Bess in Trinity or whatever, hundreds of points less than the previous year. And if for those students, the actual year in further education right. is really effective. Uh, Aon Reardon, we have a lot less time left uh, than I thought we might to discuss the situation in primary schools. But I suppose, suffice to say, I think the biggest issue that's facing primary schools right now, particularly in urban areas where accommodation is hard to come by, is recruitment. And we'll have seen the stories in the last couple of weeks of uh, schools in Dublin that are already struggling to try and fill their enrolments a couple of weeks before school starts. Um, Is there any short-term solution that you can see to try and and make sure that every every child actually has a teacher in a couple of weeks' time? Um... That's a tough one because this comes in in waves. I mean, twenty years ago, when I when I qualified to be a primary school teacher, there was any amount of jobs for us. And then ten years ago, yeah, there, there was yeah. uh, fully um, fully qualified teachers who were applying for SNA jobs because it, it come um, you know it changed that much. And now we've gone back again. Mm. It, it and we're likely to have a situation, issue. aren't we, this year? If there's a couple of vacancies in mainstream roles <laughs> where SNAs and other special teachers are going to have to move up and then leave their own t- uh, pupils behind because they're going to have to to backfill the bigger vacancies. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is a crisis. I mean, it, it is fundamentally a crisis. And of course, what happens is that schools don't like talking about it. Schools are very, very, you know, keen to keep their reputation up. They don't like being public about the fact that they can't recruit teachers. Uh, principals are very, very reluctant to go on the airwaves and speak about it. But I was speaking to one principal um, in one South Dublin postcode who said that the numbers are being underestimated. And he thinks in one South Dublin postcode, there's 150 primary school uh, teaching vacancies. So it in is one postcode uh, alone. It won't postcode alone. 150, yeah. So, uh, and that was his estimation. Now, I, I, I think it is an accommodation issue. It's, it's a cost of living issue. It's the fact that teachers feel they can't live uh, and work in Dublin. And we're going to have to get our heads around that. I, I, I know we have spoken in terms of a London allowance, London waiting, which has been around since 1920. It's been changed in different ways since then. It doesn't just apply to teachers. That's a very expensive solution for something that the Department of Education think is a, is a temporary problem that will work itself out in five years. But I think we have to realize the damage that's going to cost. We've had, in the, uh, cause the last five years we've had COVID, obviously, which was a profoundly damaging experience on, on pupils yeah. and teachers and school communities, really damaging. And we're still working our way through that. We've had the Ukrainian crisis where so many school communities have opened up their doors and their, and their schools to that challenging situation as well. Rightfully so, but it was still a challenge. And now we have those same schools um, only a number of years later now mm. struggling to, to find teachers to fill posts. And it means that you could have any amount of of um, of of classes that are not being taught by uh, fully qualified teachers. And that and, and that is a very, mm. very damaging situation. You just mentioned as well. the, the, so, the idea of the, the London allowance or the Dublin allowance. Is that something that, that the Labour Party would support on an ongoing yeah, basis? Because not, it, not just for teachers, but for anyone in the public sector, like, it, it, there simply is just greater expense to living in Dublin and being there for work than there is anywhere else. Would, would Labour support that? It, it, we would, but it, it's not a perfect solution. We're not pretending it is, but it has worked in London. But it is it is not cheap. But again, you have to balance two things. What is what is more expensive, uh, a, a Dublin allowance, uh, or having classes uh, not taught by fully qualified teachers? This this is this is the issue. The the one thing I would say, and I, I and I don't like criticizing uh, the minister unfairly, but I don't get the sense of of energy from the departments that they're acknowledging that this problem exists. If if the minister was out front and centre and said, yes, we're acknowledging this problem, we're working to address it, we're speaking okay. with the teacher unions, we're speaking with education partners, I think people would feel that there's some energy behind solution finding. We've suggested that the right. education committee could meet that we can talk about it, but there doesn't even seem to be that energy and that's disappointing. Final word to you, Brian Mooney. Yeah, the problem, Gavin, is not in education. The problem is we've had a collapse in the housing market and if, for instance, you had a Dublin allowance for teachers, where the hell are students who are trying to get into college going to get their places for? People trying to find accommodation in their cities, whether they're nurses in hospitals, you know, teachers in primary or secondary school, or students trying to get accommodation, it has completely collapsed mm. because effectively the Airbnb market has taken the entire stock out of it where those people are getting a far greater return on their property. So yeah. right now we have a major accommodation crisis across our entire economy, particularly in our cities, and it's affecting primary school applications, secondary school applications from a teaching perspective, students trying to get into our cities to go to college. That problem mm. is, is right through the economy. It's not specifically in education. And if you solve it in one area of education, you're going to create a bigger mm. problem, for instance, 
as I say, for, for the students trying to get in, if you look after the teachers. All right, we're going to have to leave it on that note. We've gone a little bit over time. My thanks to all three of you for joining us uh, on the record this lunchtime. Brian Mooney, Irish Times Education Columnist and Career Guidance Counselor. Uh, and before that, Eon Arreal on the TD for Dublin Bay North, Labour Party spokesperson on education. And uh, Jack McGinn going into sixth year uh, and a former officer of the Irish Second Level Students Union. Uh, as a former accommodation officer for UCD Students Union, I fully empathise uh, with the difficulties in students finding accommodation this year. I thought it was bad in 2007 when I was responsible for the SU stuff. I cannot imagine how bad it is now. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Transformation always disrupts, but it doesn't always need to be disruptive. On News Talk.